Wow, wasn't that amazing? Thank you, Reagan. We appreciate you. Man, a day. Reagan is a sophomore here at Ringgold High School. And I saw she'd been playing at Carnegie Mellon and different things like that, you know. Phil, I don't, I was grabbed Phil. I said, Phil, how did this happen? You know, we, Phil and I grew up together in Dormont. You know, that, that is just incredible how God's blessed our families, isn't it? It's like we were, uh, we were two teenage kids that came in on the buses and we came in for some free pizza and, uh, we found our wives here. God gave us incredible families and can we thank God for the Allen family? I love them dearly. Fantastic people, man. Phil, Marcy, great people. Reagan, Sammy, Annie, we just love you guys. So just, uh, just a wonderful thing. You know, as you, as you get into Christmas, we're thinking about our series, The Way in the Manger. And as I'm thinking about the way in the manger, I've been, uh, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So this was not a way in the manger. It is the way. There's no other way to get to God. And God chose the way through a manger. So when you start to understand this, you see like there's all kind of lessons. And so as you start to catch all the lessons, like what can God, what is God speaking to us as we go through this and we find the way? Uh, today I'd like to share with you that he is the way to joy. Uh, you know, one of the songs that she played in there this morning was Jesus, Joy of Man's Desiring. And when you hear that song, it's, uh, it's familiar. You hear it at weddings a lot. You hear it around Christmas time. That's really what Jesus is. He is the joy of man's desiring. Like nothing else can fulfill but Jesus. And so uh, we have this joy that comes from him. And this is the time of year when you see joy everywhere. People are talking about joy. We're in a world that is absent of joy. People are in a need of joy in a big time. I walked into Lowe's the other day to get some decorations, right? Get some Christmas lights. And they got this giant J-O-Y. There's, you know, six foot tall letters. I want to get them and put them on my lawn one of these days. You know, just joy. And it just, everybody wants joy. <clears throat> you know, when you think about it, the, the, the birth of Christ, you know, a baby, a baby brings joy, doesn't it? You know, today, whenever somebody has a baby, they do this thing called a gender reveal. Are you familiar with that? Gender reveal? Like they, uh, you know, they'll, 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 they'll blow up a balloon and they'll pop the balloon and out comes like blue powder or pink powder. It's so foreign to me because whenever our kids were born, our kids were born. That's all I know. You know, there was no gender reveal. It was revealed on the day you had the baby, you know. And uh, and so we, we went and, and, and so I, I see this thing, you know, that they're popping the balloons and that the, the pink and the blue is pretty cool. If you're colorblind, it's not, though. You know, somebody in the church, they were showing me they're, they're showing me the video and they're like, hey, look at this. And, and, and I'm like, so what do you have? And they're like, what? I'm like, I know you're having a baby, but is it a boy or a girl? And they're like, you can't see it's pink. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. But anyhow, so, so as you do all that and you just see that, uh, look, there's so much joy that comes with having a baby. Joseph, I want to focus in on as the baby goes here, the baby Jesus is born. You know, we highlighted Mary last week. I want to highlight a little bit about Joseph. You know, today the guys are at the gender reveal. You know, the guys go to the baby showers. Again, whenever I was having kids... I didn't go to nothing. I showed up at the little every room. That was it, okay? And, uh, you know, that's just what we did. But it, it's so much changed. Joseph didn't have any of that. Joseph didn't get to have any all that joy, all that. As a matter of fact, jo- for Joseph, it was, it was pretty scary. It was pretty, like, alarming what was, what was going to happen. And, uh, and I think Joseph gets overlooked quite often in a Christmas story. You hear all about Mary. You always see Mary holding the baby. 
I want to give you a little video clip this morning of what it might have been like for Joseph. Because the dads hold the baby, too. The dads change an occasional diaper, too, right? And, and so I want you to see what, uh, what Joseph might have done with baby Jesus. Don't worry, my boy. You'll be nice and warm. I wrapped you in your mother's old blanket. (laughs) Some start we've had, huh? A 90-mile walk, just so you could get born in a stable. (laughs) You know, if we were back home in Nazareth, I could build you a fine crib. But here, no crib. I have to put you to sleep in the hay. from an angel mm-hmm. and to write it down so I wouldn't forget what it said Joseph son of David fear not to take Mary for your wife for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus He will save the people from their sins. Did you hear that? You will save us from our sins. You will be... You are the Messiah. And I've been chosen to be the Messiah's Papa. I do not know how it will happen, but I'm I'm done doubting. I want to tell you how happy that you make me. No, it's more than happiness. It's, what did the shepherds say the angels told them? They they bring Good news. Great joy. Yes. That's what it is. It's joy. That's what you bring. My sweet, beautiful boy. You bring me so so much joy. And uh, when you think of a baby in general bringing joy, remember that this was the baby that brought joy to the world. If Jesus didn't come as a virgin birth, then there would be no cross. There would be no resurrection. And if Jesus didn't go through the cross and rise from the dead, 
and uh, then the virgin birth wouldn't mean anything. So this whole life is so powerful. Every event that happened in it is powerful and is for a purpose. And as Joseph comes here, and here's here's uh, here's you know, it's not his child. It's the father. God, the father, places this child in the mother's womb. And go over to Matthew chapter 118. I want you to think with me about this. Uh, as in Matthew chapter 1, we see here that Joseph is really troubled by this. This was not an easy thing uh, to just all of a sudden find out that you were engaged and your wife is going to, your wife to be is going to have a baby and, and it wasn't yours. Um, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary was betrothed to Jesus, uh, to Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Now pause for a second here and think about this. He likely found out from Mary that she was pregnant. Um, he doesn't find out from the angel first off. It wasn't like the angel spoke to both of them on the same night. There is a gap of time, whether it's a few weeks to maybe a few months possibly. I'm not sure. But we see here that they did not find out on the same time. The angel comes and tells Mary, you are highly favored among women. God has called you. He's chosen you. I want you to do this. And, uh, and she has to explain it. So imagine her telling her mother. Imagine her telling Joseph, imagine her just telling anybody, and they're like, yeah, right, this is God's baby. Okay, well, we believe that, right? Uh, It says here, verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So he was was a God-fearing Jewish person. And as a God-fearing Jewish man, he understood what he could have done. He could have made a spectacle out of her. As a matter of fact, Mary understood the punishment for adultery. And while Mary wasn't guilty of adultery, uh, who was going to believe that it was a virgin birth? I mean, who's, you know, that's just not something you do every day. There's not only been one of them and there will never be another one. Uh, Mary of Nazareth, she comes and she is unwed. She's pregnant and she knew the punishment that she was facing. And if you look in the Old Testament, the punishment for adultery was stoning to be put to death. And so this, the, the, listen, Joseph could have went radical on this thing. He says here, being a just man, being a godly man, he did not want to make her a public example. He just wanted to put her away privately. Uh, th- they were engaged to be married. And, and it was much bigger than an engagement is today. It was like an, a legal act of the marriage. It was part one of the, of, the, of the marriage contract. And then the next one would come at the final wedding. There was this waiting period. And you would go through this betrothal waiting period and then get married. And um, there would be a, no, no, no sexual relationship there, no infidelity. None of that would happen during this time. And so he's thinking, yeah, right, I'm just going to put her away. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, you would have to have an angel of the Lord come and clear that up, wouldn't you? Uh, Just put yourself in that shoes, all right? Man, you're you're going through this. You're you're engaged to be married, and all of a sudden your wife tells you, I'm pregnant with God's baby. Uh, An angel would have to come and clear the air. God would have to step in, and that's what God did here. So as we're thinking about joy this morning, we're thinking about the way in the mangers, the way to joy, I want you to catch this because Mary and Joseph, it wasn't always pretty. 
It wasn't always happy, and it wasn't always easy. <clears throat> he says here, uh, continuing on, Matthew tells us, he says, This was all done, which might, fulfill, which might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, verse 24, then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And, and he did not know her until, uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. He, he follows through. He's, after the angel of the Lord speaks to him, he catches it. He's like, all right, God, you're doing something. And God shows up. And I want you to think about Joseph here today because God's way was in a manger. God's way to joy was in a manger. And the path that it took to get to the manger was not easy. There was hundreds and hundreds of years of the promise to be foretold and, uh, and waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. And so we had all this pain. Then you get into the way he comes. And how does he come? He comes not in a very, um, not very easy manner. Mary and Joseph, it's troubling to them. And so the joy comes whenever he understands that God is in the picture. When he saw, when God showed up, he caught it and he says, okay, now the joy comes. And, and I want you to think about this because Joseph, being a God-fearing man, he understood the responsibility that God had given him to raise baby Jesus. Like he had to, he had to be there for baby Jesus' first steps. He had to go out and get food while they're in the manger. He had to provide for them. He had to go to work. He had to take, take Jesus as a young boy and teach him how to work with wood. Uh, here, here's a hammer. Here, here's how we build a table. And, 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 you know, could you imagine having the responsibility to teach Jesus anything? Like that, I don't teach Jesus anything. Jesus teaches me, right? Joseph had to, had to, had to, and he had to instruct him in, in the Bible, open up the Bible, and, and, and like you would in your home. And so this is such a powerful responsibility that God gives to this man, Joseph. And what's going through his mind right now? Will the baby look like me? Um, will he sound like me? Will, what will the neighbors think when he doesn't look like me? Uh, or, or will he look like me? Is God going to make him look like me? Um, will, he, will, he, will he like the fish? Will he like the hunt? Will he like to, will he be a lefty? Will he be a righty? Um, I wonder if he's gonna work on cars. Or should I say camels, right? I, I, I wonder, I wonder what he'll like. I, I wonder if he'll, what's my boy going to be like? This is all racing through his head. This was an unlikely moment of joy. Because at this point, it's a surprise. They're caught off guard. And now God says, listen, I have shown up. And when God shows up, folks, that's when the joy begins to roll in your life. What does it mean to have joy? You know, when you hear people talk about joy, we, uh, we quite often think of what joy is not. And uh, sometimes we don't think of, uh, of joy. We think of happiness. And so we're all over the map. I'm going to show you a few pictures here. This first is what joy is not, all right? You know this guy is definitely not joy, all right? The Grinch. Some of you are like that. You don't have any Christmas decorations up. And, uh, and you're like, I just wait for this thing to pass and all that type of stuff, right? Uh, and then there's the other extreme is this guy here, Griswold. Remember Griswold? You know? My favorite of all time, right? Yeah, you know? Uh, I heard somebody decorated their house like, the, like Griswold over here in, in Pleasant Hills. Uh, you got to go out and see that thing. It's, uh, it's all over the media and, and stuff like that on the news. Uh, but listen, here, here's, you know, we see people go from, from being grumpy 
to what I call detached from reality. Okay, you think of somebody who's joyful and you see them and you're like, how are you doing today? And they're like, wonderful. And you're like, what's wrong with you? you know, oh, I'm just fine. I, I, I just see the glory of God all day long. And you're like, what are you drinking? What are you on? Okay, and, and you just wonder what's wrong with somebody because they're a little detached from reality. Then you go to the person over here that wants nothing to do with joy. He's just grumpy. He sees everything is negative and everything is bad. So what is joy? Real joy. It's not an emotion. It's not an emotion. You see, happiness, that when my circumstances are good, I get very happy. Um, it's, it's exciting when things are going good. That's when you get happy. Joy is something that goes down way deeper than happiness. So your circumstances, they come and they go. They're up and they're down. But God's way in the manger was the way to joy, and it means that you have strength from God to face anything. You see, Emmanuel, God is with us. Uh, you, have, you have him with you. You are, you are blessed in everything. This is joy. You are blessed in everything. Can you honestly come to that realization when you've lost everything that you are blessed in everything? What? I just faced the, the, the toughest of circumstances. I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost this. I lost my health. Guess what? You are blessed in everything because God is still there. He has never left you. He'll never forsake you. And when you begin to understand this, that's where the joy comes in. You become less stressed in everything because you know that God is here. As a matter of fact, joy doesn't come from what you have. It comes from what cannot be taken away from you. It does not come, joy does not come from what you have. It comes from what cannot be taken away from you. And think about this. They can take your job away from you. They can take your health away from you. They can take your relationships away from you. But they they can't take the grace of God from you. They can't take the relationship with God. They can't take that. They cannot take his grace from you. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says this, to always be joyful. Would you read that with me? Always be joyful. One more time. Always be joyful. Life just hits you in the face. It hurt. Always be joyful. Uh, we, we have an opportunity to be joyful. I can handle the joyful part, but the always is the hard part, isn't it? It's like, man, life didn't go my way. I didn't get, I didn't get what I wanted out of life. And listen, none of us are getting what we wanted out of life. All creation groans. Like, this is what God has given us. He says that we are in this world, it's a fallen world, and all creation groans, and somehow I'm supposed to be happy with my job? <laughs> I, listen, your job is very temporary, folks. If you're going there and you're getting your joy from your job, guess what? Those jobs disappear. You work all your life, and at the end of your life, you know, you hear about a guy who gives 40 years at his company, and they give him a watch at the end of his, end of his career? It's like, really? Oh, but it's a roll, roll lock. Roll something. <laughs> it's not a Timex, right? It keeps on ticking. Listen, always be joyful. Don't get your joy from your speech, right? Don't get your joy from, who you, from what you do. Get your joy from who He is. And when you start to understand that His presence is with you, He is the way to genuine joy. Have you ever watched people looking for toys? Go to the toy store. Look at Walmart. Go out there right now. It's, it's not a pretty scene. 
People are a little bit pushy and shovey out there right now, right? Because they want that perfect gift. And, and they're trying to find joy. And listen, you, you won't find it in a store. I, it, it's so, there, there's so much more that God offers to us. And so the people in the first Christmas, they experienced joy. Over in Romans 15.4, why was the Bible written? So that you could learn from the, from the people of the days gone by. Look here, Romans 15.4, such things were written in the Scripture long ago to teach us. And the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So as you wait for the promises of God to be fulfilled, you go in the Scriptures and you read and you, you read about Nehemiah. We took, a, we took two months and studied Nehemiah. You see all the story that happened there and, and, and you learn and you're encouraged. And so this morning I want us to look through the Christmas story. And as we look through the story of Christmas, the account of the birth of Jesus Christ, I see joy all over it. And there's something that God wants to teach you in your life as you look through this. You know, if there were if there were internet headlines, you know, you pull up the internet and there's all these headlines, right? Uh, you know, you, you see them, you click on it, you know, some sort of news, and you have to click on it to keep reading. If Jesus were born today in the day of the internet age, I wonder what the headlines would be. Here are a few of them. Maybe one would be, "My baby is here to save the world." I'm a virgin, and eight other crazy quotes from a lady who just gave birth in a barn. Right? You you click on that and see what it says. Uh, here we go. A surprise royal baby. Or how about this one? Three ridiculous gifts to give at your next baby shower, right? Um, here's another one. What these shepherds did will shock you. Uh, and here's, here's a good one. Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy, right? Um, here's another one. Woman claims God. Fiance says he's not mine. Okay. And, and you would click through this and, and you'd, you, it would get your attention. You'd keep going through. This morning, I think that's how joy is. We hear about joy, but we got to keep clicking. We got to keep going to find out what does it really mean? Like joy is not this warm, fuzzy thing that I get on Christmas Eve. I, I go home and I have sloppy joes on Christmas Eve. It's not a warm, fuzzy. You just sit there and you just feel so good. You look at the tree and it's like, oh. See, that's not joy. I don't know what that is, but it's not joy, okay? Joy is something so deep. Joy is whenever the world is falling apart, I have his presence with me. And I'm moving forward. And the word of the Lord is alive. God is with me. He's never left me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you five thoughts on joy this morning that can apply to your life. You take them right from the Christmas story. The first one is this, is that joy is present joy is present in other words you don't have to go chasing joy you won't find joy on a vacation do you ever do that you plan a vacation and you wait and you wait and you wait for vacation to get here then you go on vacation and it rains the whole time you know or or, or you come back with sun poison because we're not used to the sun <laughs> you know get some blisters on day two and you're like dead out there uh, you, you've waited and waited and waited. There's no the joy is not uh, not about this. Uh, I got to go chase and go find after it. Joy is present and it's present in His presence. Luke two. That night there were shepherds in the, staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. This was just a routine night. This is what they did. They 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 watched sheep. They're pretty boring to watch when they're awake. I think they're even more boring to watch when they're asleep. You know, they're just kind of a bunch of blobs laying around out there. And uh, the, the, it's just a routine night. Verse 9, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the glory of the Lord surrounded them. 
Uh, they're, they're afraid. They're terrified. They're like, what is going on? It's just a routine day. And folks, I want you to know that that's how God works. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord. And sometimes in our life, suddenly God works. Like, you're just, just be faithful. God's called us to be faithful, to, to go to work every day, to, to show up. Give my 45 hours a week to, to my company. Keep working. Come home and love my family. Care for my family. And, and, and as you're coming out and you're, and you're working and you're going through this, you know what? It seems mundane. It seems routine. But God suddenly shows up. And that's what he did here for the, for the, for the shepherds. He suddenly showed up. Like they weren't expecting God to do this. And sometimes God will do that in our life. And, and joy is about God showing up. It really is. When God shows up, there's joy. So we see that from the angels. They're terrified. The second thought about joy is this, that joy is sent from God. Joy is sent to us from God. We don't get joy. It's not something you muster up inside of yourself. It's not that warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not the uh, go get some self-help books and, and find out how to be joyful because you won't find it in yourself. It is sent to you from God. God himself sends you joy. Look here, Luke 2.10. Then the angel said to them, so they're terrified. The angel says, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, I want you to remember that. Good tidings, great joy. Uh, there's good news. He's given you good news. I'm bringing you good news, which will be great joy. To all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Folks, God is the one who brings joy. God sent joy. This was his way. God sent it in a manger. He gets the shepherd's attention. He gets everybody's attention. He says, I have good news and I have great joy. The good news, the great joy is that the Messiah has been born. And so how do we typically in our world, how do people typically go after and try and get good news today? How do they try to get great joy in their life? What do they do? They work harder. Well, the more I work, the better things will be, and I'll be a better provider, and I'll have more, more stuff in my barns, and I'll be able to take care, and I'll be able to do more stuff. And if that's the case, it would be a workaholic. And you'd see a workaholic would be the happiest man, be the most joyful person. And we know that that's probably not the truth, right? It's not the workaholic. How about the guy who just ignores all the bad, like bad things are happening all around him, and he just ignores them? You know, Jim Watts, one day I was having a bad day, and he told me to build a bridge and get over it. I said, gee, thanks for your compassion today, you know. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's like that, that, that is not it. It's not just being ignoring the things that are happening. There are bad things that happen to you all the time in your life. And so joy is not the absence of the bad things, folks. These bad things are always going to be there. They will always be there. You deal with this bad thing, close that chapter, open the next chapter, more bad stuff. Because we live in the fallen world. All creation groans, right? So as, as you're going through this thing called life, God says, I'm going to give you joy in the midst of this fallen and in the midst of this dark world. Uh, joy is sent to us from God. And, and you can't find it by going out and, and looking on your own. You know, how about, how about the guy who says, man, if I could just win the lottery. If I could just win a million bucks, I'd be happy. Um, that's kind of cool, but... Have you ever seen the people who win the million dollars? You ever interview the people that have that instant like that? It 
doesn't make them happy. It's not, it, it, that's not the source of joy. It doesn't, joy is not created there. Joy is recognizing that, here's what it is. It's recognizing that in the realities of life that God is here. He is present. It is not presence under the tree. It is in the present. It is here now. God sent it to you. It is His presence. God has already sent the joy, and some of us have missed it. We often miss it because we're looking for joy in the wrong places. Uh, we're, we're looking for, for it to be from something of our own. Uh, you know, he says, I'll bring you tidings of, I uh, give you good news, great tidings, good news and, and great joy. Good news becomes great joy when it becomes personal. You know, if you came up to me and said, man, I want a million dollars, that's good news, right? I say, yeah, that's great. I shake your hand and give you an encouragement. But if you send me a letter telling me that I want a million dollars, now that's great joy, right? I get it dry. Why? Because it's personal. The message of Christmas was personal to you. Good news, great joy, joy to the world, joy to you. Your life is changed because the Messiah came and offers you life. He offers you joy. Christmas is personal. If you have a, you know, you may have a plan for your life, but God has a better plan, and we have to surrender it to Him. Um, becomes great joy whenever we accept his love, his offer of forgiveness. The next thing is this, the joy is shared. Luke 2, 17 and 18. When they, when they had seen him, now the shepherds, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And those who heard it marveled at, the th- at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They, they went out and they spread the word. It was like, man, they... they they told everybody, and everybody who heard the shepherds, they're like, hey, we saw this baby. And they see the joy coming off of them, and they go out and they spread the word. Folks, joy is not just sent to us. Joy is shared. And if you take all that joy and you put it in a canister, it's just going to spoil. You've got to open that joy up, and you've got to spread it. That's what it's designed for. I, I never see in the Scripture where, where somebody had a relationship with God, where they had a connection with God, and they kept it to themselves. Never. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes we're a little too off on this being overly personal. Like it is personal, but it's not overly personal where it's like, I can't tell you anything. Listen, I've got to tell the world. I've got to let the world know that, that this God who came to this earth has changed my life. So I'm going to give you an application of that this morning. Is coming up, we've got Christmas Eve. We're going to be here all day, 3, 5, and 7, uh, you know. Uh, I want to encourage you to invite somebody to come to one of those Christmas Eve gatherings. I've asked a few guys to hand out some invitations to you. I want everybody to take three of these as they come down the aisle. They're just going to go on the end. I want everybody to take three of these, and I want to encourage you to go invite somebody to come Christmas Eve because it is to share. I mean, this is like, this is simple. It's Christmas time. People are looking for God. They're looking for joy. They're looking for hope. Say, hey, come check out our church. I'll be there at 3, I'll be there at 5, I'll be at whatever time you're coming, 7. And, and just, just, just put that in her hand. Uh, go, to, go to Eaton Park today. If you're down there, invite the waitress and, and, and just invite her to come. I was out, my wife and I, we were out a few weeks ago. We went to a Chinese restaurant, the Sesame something, Sesame Inn, all right? We're out at the Sesame Inn out there in McMurray. I dropped my wife off like a good husband does. And uh, I pulled into the car 
uh, into the stall. I pulled into the car. I told, pulled the car into the stall, and just as I was opening the door, another lady pulled in next to me, and I almost hit her car with my door, right? So you got to do something. you got to, like, at least be kind after that. So I opened the door, and I get out, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. And she goes, she looks at me, you know, she says, hey, this is a great place to eat after church, isn't it? I was like, yeah, this is a great place to eat after church. I said, well, where do you go to church? She told me church and kind of that she didn't go too often. And I said, well, she turned and said, well, where do you go to church? And I didn't tell her I was the pastor. But I just said, I go to this church up in Finleyville on a hill. It's Crossroads Ministries. She goes, I've heard so much about that place. They do so many good things at Christmas time. I said, yeah, we have this dessert theater. I give her the church website. She pulls out her phone right there at dinner and buys two tickets to the Christmas dessert theater. She comes in with her friend at the Christmas dessert theater, and my wife takes a picture of them out in the foyer. They're like, hey, can you get our picture in front of our fireplace in the foyer? And I was like, how cool is that that God does that, all right? God will use you. I, listen, I didn't say, I'm the pastor. That's kind of scary. As you would say, creepy, okay? Listen, you don't go say, I'm the pastor. I just say, hey. Yeah, some people are surprised when they walk in and see me up here. I, I know a few months ago, somebody else came in. I saw them at a restaurant all the time. I got up to speak, and they were like, huh? We know how he likes his eggs, you know? And it's just, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. I like my eggs over easy, you know? And, and that's just the way it is. But listen, I want to encourage you. Go out and invite somebody. You can do this. The other day I was up here. We're cleaning up. We, you know, all this decorations was happening. And the lady who delivers the mail. She stopped in. She saw it. She goes, can I come in there and look? I was like, come on in. What do you mean, can you? Come on in. And she's like, this place is beautiful. And, it's, you know, it really is so good to hear that because we're so familiar, aren't we? We're here all the time. We forget what we have. We forget. She goes, this place is beautiful. And I said, I'd like for you to come and be my guest at Christmas Eve, three, five, or seven. And she goes, well, you know, they worked me pretty hard. I said, but I bet you can make it to seven. She goes, well, I don't know, but thank you for the invitation. And if she comes on Christmas Eve, it'll be wonderful. If she doesn't, it'll be wonderful. I'm spreading the joy. See, I'm so excited about this. You know what I'm excited about? I'm not excited about a bunch of trees. You might be, but I'm not. I'm excited about the joy that God has given me. And this is what you have. You have this joy. Go out and spread it. And because this is what God has given us the, the opportunity to do. You know, I, I, I always talk about Bob, you know. Uh, Bob Taylor. He's a, an awesome guy. Raise your hand, Bob. Stand up, Bob. Give Bob a hand. Bob is an incredible man, I'll tell you. Bob is a cool dude. Bob takes the invitations from the church. There's little, three, uh, little business cards, and he, and he has them in his wallet. And, like, he hands them out to everybody everywhere. And there's a number of people that are in this church because Bob invited them. I'll never forget one day he came up to me and he pulled it out. It's all crumbled up, wrinkled up. It's in his wallet, you know, because he's got so much money in there. I don't know how he keeps the cards in there. So, so but, but he pulls out this card invite, and he said, hey, I invited him. I think they're going to come. And, you know, you see Cindy out there. Cindy in here today? She was at first service, huh? Cindy was in the first service. Cindy's out there on the team. Dan is on the parking lot. That was two years ago you invited them. Now they're here. 
They've come to Jesus and they serve faithfully. Can you thank God for Bob spreading the joy? Spreading the joy. And so that's all we're called to do, folks, is spread the joy. Um, you know, joy can be a journey. Some of you are on a journey. You say, man, I, I'm on a painful moment. I don't have that joy like Bob has. I'll tell you what's happened to Bob. Bob found the joy of God. Like Bob is a, as a, as a new man in Jesus. God is in his life. And he's had some troubles and pain, and we walk together on those troubles and pain. But I'll tell you what, he's got the joy of God. And, 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 and right now I know things that he's working through. The joy of God is on that man. And I want to encourage you to have that same joy of God. Go out there. For you, it may be a journey. Look here at uh, Matthew 2.10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Uh, the wise men, when they came, they came two years following the star. Could you imagine following a star for two years? Like they followed the star. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Folks, some of us will weep our way to joy. Some of us will go through the grief to get to joy. But there is joy. God has the joy of the Lord is set before you. And I want to encourage you to come to Jesus. Let his presence be in your life. John 16:20 Jesus said I tell you the truth you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me but the world will rejoice you will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy you're going to grieve he's telling his disciples that they were going to take him they're going to hang him on a cross he says you're going to grieve but your joy will come in the morning like God will suddenly give you this joy and so I want to encourage you today that to, to accept God's joy. To come and understand that joy is not without pain. Because uh, when we go throughout life, there's pain in life. Look what Simeon, Simeon when they dedicated Jesus at the, at the temple, he said this. He said, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. What does that mean, that many will fall? but yet a joy to others. You know what it meant? It meant that Herod, who was holding on to the power, Herod would either have to let go of the power and trust Jesus or be without Jesus and fall. And you know what Herod did? Herod was holding on to his power. And Herod fell. You know what the Pharisees did? The Pharisees were in control. And God challenged them. Jesus was the challenge to let go of their power and to come over and trust Jesus. It's like the picture of the guy hanging over a cliff on a branch. And he's holding on to this. And he says, you know what? This is where I get my joy. And that, that Herod got his joy from over there, from this power and control and wealth. And, and Jesus threw him a rope and says, trust me. As a matter of fact, you know, this is a scary thing when you go to, to, go to let go. Because you have to come over here and you've got to trust Jesus. And as you come over there and trust Jesus, it's a difficult choice. You see, joy can be a difficult choice because you've been taught all of your life, if I come over here and I work hard and I have this great family and I provide and I put money away and I have money to retire and I do all these things, that you'll find joy. And may I tell you that that doesn't find joy. I think that those are all important things, but they don't produce the joy. God says, I want you to let go of this over here, and I want you to 
Swing your arm over to me. You know what God does? When you do that, he grabs a hold of you. But he's not going to rip you off over here because you're holding on over here. You've got to let go over here. And that was a difficult choice for those folks. You know, joy is on the other side of a difficult choice. To no longer trust yourself, but to trust God. Joy is found on the other side of a difficult choice to trust God instead of myself. And you know, I think in many of our circumstances, we go to ourself all the time. And you won't find any joy there. You won't solve your problems there. God wants you to let go today and trust Him. If you've been following Him for a long time, I think sometimes we come over and we're holding on to our jobs. We're holding on to our careers and our egos and our pride. It's so easy to go back there. But God says, listen, just trust me. I want to give you that joy. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, the invitation is to come and get close to Jesus, to connect to him. Jesus, joy of man's desiring. It's all in him. I invite you to him this morning. If that's you, this morning you say, Pastor Ken, I'm ready to trust Jesus. Like, I need his joy. Maybe this is your prayer this morning. Would you, would you just pray something like this to God? Just call on him. Dear God, I need your joy. I don't have it. I'm holding on to something different. And I need your joy today. God, move mightily. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again. And right now, God, I want to trust you. Just with our heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe this morning you're, you've been following Christ for some time, but you've kind of slipped into trying to solve life's problems on your own. Maybe you've slipped into trying to get joy from your job, trying to uh, find it in material things, any number of temporary things. May I bring you back to Jesus today. Would you just connect with him this morning? Just take a few moments here with God and connect with him. The joy of man's desire. Father God, we thank you for what you've done in this room today. For those that have opened their heart and come to Jesus, you've given them joy. And Lord, for others of us, we've, we've walked away from the way in the manger. All we've said, we're so familiar with it. We've walked away from the way to joy and we've just tried to produce it our own self by, by careers, by relationships, by any number of things that make us happy. And those are so temporary. God, we ask that you will give us joy. And we know it only comes from you. Thank you, God. I pray you'll be with each one of our family in this church as we continue this journey with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. Would you greet those around you? God bless you. You are dismissed.
پدر آمده Oh.